0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode. I'm really excited because today we are here with Darrell Stevenson, director of product at Zalando, and we will talk a bit about these uh, challenges of product strategy creation at a very huge corporation at Zalando. Darrell, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: No, really appreciated. Um, and yes, actually, to, to get started, I would like you to give us a, a brief introduction about yourself, uh, about uh, who you are, what you have been doing and what are you doing now around product strategy, especially?
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm originally from Canada, but I've also lived and worked in the US, Poland and now Berlin. I've been here for ten years um, and, yeah, originally Came uh, to Berlin, and I was continuing my development, you know, software development career, uh, working at a company called SoundCloud. Um, some of you may have heard of it; uh, it's a pretty popular audio sharing platform. Um, I joined when it was a, a much smaller company, around forty to fifty people at the time, and uh, got to grow with SoundCloud um, over seven and a half years. Um, eventually, I was leading product for our listener business. So that was um, consumer subscriptions, advertising. Um, And then at some point in that journey, uh, Zalando called, and I thought it'd be a really great opportunity to join, you know, such a large market leading company uh, also in in Berlin and made the jump over to Zalando. And I've been here for uh, two and a half years leading product for Zalando plus, which is our paid loyalty program. Um, So it's been really fun. I've had a lot of, you know, hands-on experience in the, just, you know, the nitty gritty of product management, (laughs) but I've also got um, some really great uh, insight into, you know, how strategies are developed, discarded, kind of uh, enforced, you know, and uh, deployed, I think, at companies of now different sizes. And so uh, when you reached out about talking about product strategy, I thought it'd be really great because I know there's a lot of interest from uh, people in Zalando and previously at SoundCloud as well on just how does it get done? Right. How did, <laughs> how, did, how did they get involved and how does it get done? So I think it's a great topic to discuss.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I really like to compare your experiences probably from what you are doing now and what you, what you did in the past in, in different company sizes. One um, quick question that I just uh, come across is how big is Zalando actually?
1: Yeah, so Zalanda is about 15,000 employees. <laughs> um, you know, we have uh, we're operating a lot of markets in europe and are growing um, you know it is a big company it's got a very large product management community um, which is actually a really cool thing to see right there's a lot of um, in a lot of companies or scale-ups maybe you're in you know let's say 10 to 30 product managers that you might be working with Zalando's is about 10x that. Um, <laughs> so it's quite a large product community. Um, and, you know, it's great uh, to see how, again, all those people come together and, you know, work on the very different strategies that they might have all under kind of like a larger uh, group strategy that kind of brings the whole company together.
0: No, that's great. That's actually a great uh, starter for my, for my first question, which will be, it happens in all companies that you have this maybe called sometimes corporate strategy or business strategy, and then you have the product strategy. I'm curious to know how that plays out at Salando. Sure. Yeah. I mean,
1: I think that was like when I first joined Zalando, a very uh, you know, marked difference from the previous company that, you know, this is the scale of the company, um, you know, how do you bring everyone together? How do you get the goals? How do you kind of make sure we're all working on things that are really driving value, uh, are really like, you know, creating the great experiences we're going to deliver for our customers. And so I think that, um, you know, that was actually a, a large part of my motivation also uh, to join Zalando is just seeing this type of like product management of scale and this like direction um, at, uh, at a large company. And, you know, it's kind of a lot of what you would imagine if you've never worked <laughs> at a large company, that's that there is a big strategy that brings everyone together, right? Um, Zolanda specifically uh, has, you know, a group strategy. Um, part of that, you know, they publish very publicly um, on, on the website. You can see our um, D&I strategy as well as our sustainability strategy. Um, and those are really kind of like sub, uh, you know, components of the broader strategy which is to bring the whole group together so yeah that is i would say that that group strategy though you know it really operates at a level that is um, it's very principled it's very long range it's almost in some ways a lot of the things that we just hope continue to remain true for as long as Zalando is around right our vision is, you know, becoming the starting point for fashion for all people's fashion needs uh, in Europe, and I think that, you know, that is just a very long range uh, and, you know, ambition that's going to require a lot of development. And the, the strategic topics within that are things that we could continually work on. That I think are very shared across uh, many different types of marketplaces. So, um, you know, in that sense. That strategy is there to really create, like a lot of, I'd say, the language and the focus uh, from that language that we want to use. Uh, you know, when we then go out and think of different initiatives at, let's say, a product strategy level. But how I think another thing that's you know really interesting with a large company is that when you think about you know you have. All these different types of organization structures right you might have like a business unit or an organization or uh and it comes down and then you have like a product team and then you have your local team and so i think you know you have to think of like at which level is the strategy going to be developed that's very going to be very useful right yeah. and um if you de- the challenges of like if you develop something too locally it's very likely that it won't last that long right? Because there's just so many other factors that are changing. And so you have to really, uh, find that right. Let's say level of abstraction to develop strategies at, and that might not be just scoped to like product or a team or something else. Right. And I think that the, the main thing that, um, you know, we see works is that it's really about customer experiences or like value propositions. Right. It's something that is not scoped to any kind of like implementation details in your organization, right? It's about what the customer experiences and then how to work backwards from that. And so I think that, um, you know, we try to think about these strategies kind of at that level, right? at The really big customer value propositions that we want to communicate, uh, regularly. And then, you know, you go into the whole kind of like team setup and stuff. And so in that way, it's not, you know, it's not a product strategy per se, right? It's not like a document that says Zalanda's product strategy and there's, (laughs) you know, a bunch of different things written about what happens with their mobile apps. It's much more like we're talking about big, you know, customer experiences that we want to release and the type of things that um, are going to really matter them over a longer time frame.
0: So I have two questions related to that. The, the first one is: you mentioned kind of the, this corporate strategy that is maybe composed of multiple dimensions. Mm-hmm. Is that something that is at a level that is let's say granular enough to inform your product strategy, or still more like a mission-driven, too high-level, to so, so more of a direction than something that is tangible for for you to to use in your strategy?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say it's very principled, right? Um, and so. Uh, I think in any kind of strategy development, you have this kind of like balance between what you're talking about, things that might be very high level uh, that, you know, uh, everyone can kind of assume to be true versus things that are very much informing, like day to day decisions of a team that's working on it. right? So for example, you know, this shouldn't come as a surprise in a large marketplace like Zalando, but we always want to offer customers like the best assortment they can get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, in some way, every marketplace I think may want to do that. Right. So when you think about it, just at that one specific, like, you know, pillar of a strategy, well, that it's probably not that helpful, uh, in the future. But if you combine it with a bunch of other uh, types of pillars that are in the strategy, like how we think about creating a really great environment where customers trust, you know, um, their data is with us, that is then now you kind of start combining those things together and it does drive, um, you know, better and clearer decision-making within your team. But again, it's, it's more of a, at that level guidelines that you might write a more, local uh Mm -hmm. type of strategy with right so it's 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 very helpful and we use the terminology a lot and i think it helps everyone frame pillars that they should already work with um, which again creates alignment uh you know across the organization and just as an even more concrete example you know in our product team uh within salonda plus some of the teams are actually named after the strategic <laughs> pillars that we have in the group strategy, just to really like, you know, clarify the alignment with the overall group strategy that we have.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And and if, so th- you, you mentioned this is like a, a, a document, but it lives somewhere, so it's accessible for all of you to kind of see it somewhere. So it's, it's something tangible. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's part of onboarding, it's part of, you know, it's, uh, we reference it all the time, you know, it's another example when we write our um product documentation right we use the the pr faq process or press release and frequently asked questions um so we'll write a press release in the future uh, of when you know a very uh, important customer experience is released and then follow it up with an extensive faq section And there are even questions in, let's say, the FAQ template, right, that are about how does this, you know, play into the strategic pillars that we have in the group strategy. And so there's a lot of different points within, let's say, the product development process that reinforce, you know, the strategic principles that we would have in the group strategy.
0: Ah, Yeah, that's right. Okay, then the second question I I had, is a a bit unrelated, but going back to what you said about this uh, creating product strategies uh, around uh, customer experience, um, I will assume you will have also kind of platform teams. So I'm just giving an example, not knowing the context, but I will imagine that you at Zalando Plus may have some requirements for or not some intersection of your experience with the logistics team. And also, I don't know, the checkout experience uh, group may also have some interactions with the logistics teams. So th- do you have these platform teams that are being kind of receiving, let's say, requests from the strategies or how do you do yeah. that?
1: Yeah. So there's, there's definitely the platform teams. I mean, they're not necessarily named as such, uh, in every situation, it's Alondo, but I think like, you know, stepping out from like my specific example, right. I think any company is going at a certain size, you start kind of working in this, you know, cross-functional or maybe even matrixed you know, very clearly like matrixed way. Right. Um, and you can try and avoid that by you know cutting and slicing your company in many different configurations but at some point i think if you want to get like holistic customer experiences developed you have to really work cross-functionally with everybody right you have like uh you know you can try and limit that or maybe you're a multi-product company and you can kind of scope that into just that product but I think the trend and you see it, uh, more and more is that, you know, the most important releases in your company need to work like in a whole ecosystem, even, right. They need to work very holistically because customers don't care how your company is structured mm-hmm. or what teams you have, or if there's a platform or whatever, they're just, you know, opening their phones, they're trying to buy a pair of shoes and that's it. Right. <laughs> and so I think that, uh, Again, the way that we try and think about that is not that there's necessarily like platform teams and platform roadmaps and everything else, but it's still about that customer experience, that larger, let's say, you know, proposition that we talk about um, regularly in the market. And that is where the strategy is developed around, right? And then from there, there's a whole other, like, you know, cycle of planning and, Looking at how we will execute against our strategy, but it does always start at those kind of like you know those big uh, customer experiences that we're looking to deliver.
0: Got it. not it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and I think that that's a, a good um, a good point to jump into some more details uh, because before going to more you know dependencies or all sort of topics, I would like to get a grasp of uh, better understanding of how the product strategy process is at Salando, but maybe it's kind of set of steps and how formal it is, how the cadence in which you execute it, how often do you update the strategy?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that um, there are things like the group strategy, which, you know, um, doesn't get updated very much. Um, It gets updated maybe You know, probably since I've been at Zelanda for two and a half years, I think there's been one update to incorporate kind of a new principle. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that's kind of what's expected, right? It's a very, like, um, uh, far-reaching strategy with a longer time frame. So other types of, you know, strategic efforts they may come and go they may get updated you know in one year and maybe discarded or uh they'll be updated along the way and i think it just then starts um changing a bit on the time frame that that like strategy uh is being developed in right if you can think about something like um the sustainability uh strategy that Solando published there are some you know very ambitious goals in like the 2 to 3 year time frame Uh, from now and I think that you know we we're not going to go and release a strategy and then go change it right (laughs) especially a very publicly uh, communicated one so those types of things are very uh, fixed and we want to continue to deliver against those but again there's things that um, are internal that um, you know might be more on like a year or two year time frame and they get developed at any point in the year, there's kind of like a continuous process for, uh, developing, you know, larger strategic initiatives at any time, and then, you know, playing them out through a broader group portfolio. So. That's a long way of saying, you know, <laughs> I think the like higher level strategies are very, um, they're more static. They don't get updated yeah. as much, which is to be expected. And the other things that are kind of like emerging and developing are getting updated quite a bit until, there's like a broad alignment yeah. and uh, then a co- bigger
0: commitment but to I would imagine that you have very, let's say, strong planning processes, uh, and I will imagine also that they are maybe annually related to the budget and things like that. So how does the strategy formulation at the, at the let's say, the product strategy level interact with those uh, planning instances?
1: Yeah. So. Again, I think like, you know, when you say product strategy, right, I think that that's another thing I just want to challenge where we don't necessarily think about like the product strategy per se, right? And I I, I see this a lot actually out, out in, you know, medium posts and people talking, even in interviews, when I'm interviewing people for, for work at Zalando, they say, I want to work for like a product led company, mm-hmm. right? Or I want to work for... And, and I, I get what they want, right? Like they want to have you know more say, they want to practice their process and everything. But I think that's a bit of a, a slightly, you know, it's slightly misleading in uh, or imprecise, right? What a lot of people I think really want is they want to do like the right thing for the customers they have. <laughs> and usually the process of product management is perceived as the best way to do that. Um, but i think by saying it you know with as a product-led company it kind of like silos it a bit more into like that function of product management mm-hmm. and you know the the shift in mindset that you want to have is i want to work for a very customer-centric company right i want to work for a customer obsessed company i want to <laughs> work for some custom like company that's just putting customers first and everybody has that mindset from all levels of leadership through anyone who works at the company and it's not about who works in product or design or sales or, you know, legal or whatever. <laughs> it's just everybody's kind of working towards customers. And so I th- I think that, you know, shift is one of the refreshing things that, you know, you come from some other types of businesses that are maybe focused on bottom line and short term uh, thinking into a business that has, that is very strategic, that is very customer centric. And you kind of remove like product strategy, or let's say, you know, it, it would be funny to have like another domain str- or like a functional, you know, team strategy, like here's the whole strategy of this thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's all about, again, so we have these like customer strategies that are being developed. Yeah. And uh, again, I think that's this, <laughs> I can't restate that enough like how important that is in aligning all your teams right because if you just develop like the product strategy then you'll have a lot of other teams be like all oh, right. right. Well, I'll go develop my side of that strategy. <laughs> okay. You're already in a worse place than if you were working backwards from the customers.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And uh, So I, I t- t- totally agree. Uh, so I let's call it from now on the Sarando Plus strategy, just to, to use one name. <laughs> that I imagine okay, that yeah. is so, something quite interdisciplinary. So I'm interested now who, who is involved in this. Uh, well, first of all, yeah, you sure. did ask my first question. So, is this let's <laughs> say the Orlando Plus strategy is updated in a in a yearly basis?
1: Yeah. yeah. So we have a we have a yearly uh, planning update that also has our strategy mm-hmm. in it. Um, parts of it are, of course, like updated. Um, much less than other pieces. Right. <laughs> so, uh, there are things that will always be true. Uh, you know, we want to develop a, a loyalty program for, for <laughs> members and we, you know, want to, uh, make it, you know, the, the leading, you know, membership program and, uh, some other topics like that. Um, but then we kind of talk a bit more about different investment areas that are going to become a new focus, uh, for the year. And to get maybe into the nitty gritty of how we do that. There's just a lot of um, working in a Google doc, right? (laughs) It's not like a magical process. It is us, you know, bringing in a lot of different voices, a lot of different research, a lot of different things we've learned over the previous year, um, what worked well, what hasn't, you know, Hmm. revisiting it, trying to incorporate new initiatives that are happening at Zalando and then just writing it you know (laughs) writing it down and uh i think this is you know kind of this thing we talked about uh before we you know decided to record the podcast but it was just this idea that you know what is this format right (laughs) like everyone's looking for a magical format they want to put a product strategy into um and you know, my, let's say bias after having worked on it uh, and uh, this and a couple other strategy projects is that like a document ends up just being one of the best, you know, formats for this that you can find. Right.
0: So uh, that's a very good point. And, and my question will be, how do you organize these documents? I mean, as I said, probably there's many people collaborating in many different aspects of the, of the information you need to put together. So how, yeah. how do you format that?
1: Yeah, so there is, um, when we are working on the document, it's kind of structured in the way like, you know, you would expect some other strategic documents to, to you know uh, be structured. So there's usually a beginning with a context, right? Like setting the context. This is the type of, um, you know, things that have been happening in the market as far as related to Zalanda's overall strategy. Um, these are still the goals that we're looking to achieve the reason for being the type of mission that we are on um, and then we get a bit more into like the the vision right of uh, the future of the of the membership and I think in that sense that might be a bit closer to what a lot of people might think of as like a product strategy in a sense right we talk about how using the like how being a member will feel in -hmm. the future, right? We have kind of like a, let's say, vision for each of the areas that we're investing into. And then we kind of outline the broad, let's say, um, yeah, parameters or dimensions of that uh, experience that we want to have. And um, yeah, I can't go into like so many details about it, but I think that's this type of thing of, you know, we set out a very clear vision. There's not anything super specific at that point until like these are the channels we're investing Mm -hmm. in, in in this customer experience vision section, or, you know, this is, we're gonna, we're gonna integrate features or there's nothing like Mm -hmm. that, right? It's really reiterating a broader vision that we have for uh, the program, but some key areas that are aligned with our group strategy and then um after that there's usually a section that dives into a bit more on the you know sh- let's say nearer term like how you know a bit more kind of like succinct types of um even projects or initiatives that we feel are the best like usage of our time um and they are not like you know um it's a with a coming with a deadline mm-hmm. attached to them again right there's usually just a part of it that's saying like these are where our customers are this is the type of thing they want these are the problems we have they have so this is initiative we're going to kind of uh, invest in to address that right and i think like because you have that customer experience vision section a bit earlier on in the document it's much easier to make the connection to the types of initiatives that are going to deliver on that and it gives people a bit more of like a tangible you know um Let's say, understanding of what's going to happen in the next like you know, year to two years, yeah. um, and then there's some more kind of like other uh, I would say, things related to commercial aspects that follow that right like how we see the like economics of the program developing, um, and yeah, so kind of like again starting <laughs> with the context, going a bit more into the vision. Then into a lot more of like concrete initiatives without timeframes, and the you know the types of things that we expect to see as a result of those. So more like business justification, and a bit more of like how we uh, will speak to customers as we do this um, and go to market. So I think it's yeah, that's the general. Structure. That makes a lot
0: of sense. The, my my yeah. biggest question to that is uh, kind of the. A bit of the problem is how do you actually select uh, on, on those uh, initiatives, problems that you want to focus on. Um, I mean, I understand that the result of that selection goes into the document, but how is the, 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 yeah. the discussion, the debate, does that leave in the document, outside the document in meetings or?
1: Yeah. So there is. Um... There's a lot of discussions that happen to (laughs) to deliver that, of course, but I mean, these discussions are also informed again by other, like within the company, uh, other strategic uh, initiatives that are happening that are as a result of like the group strategy, right? I think in our case, we are very like unique and let's say special uh program in that we're very holistic like we're very across Mm -hmm. the whole experience at all of zolando right and so for us to develop a strategy against that we have to really incorporate as much as we can of everything that's happening (laughs) at the company uh to make sure that we've like covered ground and decided what the right you know places uh it will be for us to kind of like develop strategy with another Mm -hmm. team um and then there's just a lot of uh you know, kind of like initial conversations that will happen, people will tell us their thoughts before they actually like, you know, are even writing down things, then there's usually a document, then there's like more documents (laughs) and, uh, you know, over this process, right, of just like refining ideas and connecting dots, you actually start seeing a lot of how, you know, like the emerging topics and synergies that will happen uh, within the organization. And at some point you know you have to make it you start like you get that basic short list of all the things you want to do you do a lot of uh validation and rigorous let's say checking of the impact and the outcomes you want to achieve with those initiatives um, and the time frames of the outcome you would like to achieve them and then you actually select from that short list the most impactful things that you can do and uh, then you have your draft let's mm-hmm. say your proposal of uh, your initiatives. And then you resurface that with everybody that you've talked to, right? Um, so that they all understand, okay, these are the ones that this team committed to, um, or is trying to commit to. And eventually, that gets kind of centralized into like a larger uh, plan.
0: Okay, planet. great. Um, the validation that you mentioned uh, is mostly, I'm guessing, numerical based on on, on existing, uh, numbers of the company no, It's not new research, not use of research or, or experimentation.
1: It's a, it can be a bit of both. I mean, the whole thing though, is that as we're thinking up, you know, uh, initiatives, there's going to be new research that we need mm-hmm. to do to be able to, uh, you know, justify us wanting to do something, uh, the thing that we're describing or. Um, there's also a lot of existing research, you know, uh, is actually, I'd say research rich in the sense that there's a lot of teams, uh, doing research, sharing it. Um, you know, and so usually, you know, you can find a lot of existing research that helps you, you know, put like a bigger holistic picture together. Um, and the nice thing too, is that, you know, we've kind of aligned under a larger framework of you know, driving customer lifetime value. Right. And that's kind of like a bigger, let's say North star for how the whole business can think about, you know, the initiatives that they're doing. And in that sense, you know, when you're doing your um, estimation of like the outcome that you'd like to achieve, everyone can somewhat have, I wouldn't say they're apples to apples comparisons, but at least you're within the same framework for deciding how to, you know, um, prioritize work and then maybe even like order or sequence the work later on when you're going to a planning phase. So yeah, that's, those are both like the real, you know, that customer lifetime value is kind of like the guiding metric is a very, very helpful tool, um, for all the teams to kind of bring together again, their customer facing <laughs> experiences that they want to deliver. In interesting.
0: Year. Interesting. So, um, <laughs> this sounds like a humongous, humongous effort. Uh, so how, how long does it take? I mean, the transactional cost seems very, very high.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's the, the, how long does it take is that it's okay, always okay. happening in <laughs> yeah, some way. Right. I mean, eventually, of course, there's a, there are like consolidation mm-hmm. points, right? There are consolidation points and plans that are uh, published to the whole company. Um, and. That is, you know, there's always a big moment when those are kind <laughs> of released, right? It's very exciting. It's very like, hey, we all get to see kind of like the whole thing that we're going to work on. Um and it's not necessarily just a let's say, here's exact twelve months and no. it's shoved into the no. time frame, right? But this is like we have an ambition and this is kind of what's <laughs> coming up and it will be recalibrated as we, you know, respond to new information. But at least for um quite some time we have like a fixed let's say scope of ambition for the whole company to work on right and that single process i think is it's uh yeah just incredibly useful <laughs> right and that's why it has a lot of us, <laughs> right it has a lot of importance when um, it's being produced and finally <laughs> released because everyone put a lot of work into it and you know, once that's there, we can just use it as that reference to to have all the alignments we need to have across the company.
0: Is someone on the lead of this, let's say, the Zalando Plus uh, document, or is? I mean, I'm sure there's collaboration, but is someone who is ultimately responsible of this consolidation happening and, and being released?
1: Yeah, yeah. So my um, my manager Lisa, she's the you know, let's say founder and director <laughs> okay, of the loyalty program. Uh, she's like the main person that's accountable for that document and pulling everybody in together. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's a big collaborative effort with a lot of people working on it, but essentially the leads of all of the different, uh, you know, major Mm -hmm. organizations that, and and say customer facing, um, experiences, they have some main contribution into the plan that they need to bring as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's um, there's usually that kind of like you know accountable mm-hmm. person, uh, but a lot of uh, contributors working on it. Yeah, all the time.
0: and actually uh, this uh, I think it make, gives me the the introduction for for the next big question I wanted to ask, which is kind of the the dependencies that may happen between these uh, these yeah large groups, large customer experiences, as you mentioned. So um, yeah. On one hand, I'm guessing that all these aspects of the different strategies that interact with each other. So, is there any sort of let's I, I call it I will call it dependency management, which is actually probably the term that is more popular now, but uh, I guess it's a bit more complex. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there, of course, there's a ton of dependencies, right, and and. Um, you know, the challenge with all this is that there's a lot of dependencies and also it's not happening just at (laughs) once, right? We're not trying to be a waterfall company either, where we just aligned all the dependencies, (laughs) you know, and then executed against that for the whole year. That just doesn't make sense. Um, And so, you know, the thing is, is that the way that you kind of get over that is that you do a lot of upfront work. Uh like, that's one of the big things, right. And so product managers at Solando, I mean, it depends a little bit on where they are, but they tend to go deep upfront, right, looking at which experiences will be impacted, looking at, you know, um, what may be coming up with other teams, talking to embedded designers and other teams, and really understanding, you know, the impact their initiative will have with against a lot of other teams, right? So by the time that it kind of is getting played, you don't know everything, you haven't figured it all out, but you have an idea of who you will need to work with to kind of work through the dependencies that you have, right? And so there's a bit at least of this commitment to work through dependencies (laughs) (laughs) that happens early on. Um, And so you can kind of move forward and figure it out as you go. Uh, but you've already got a very solid amount of the customer experience figured out before, let's say, the engineering team really starts writing code and burning down, you know, the, the the stories that you've developed. So that's one way I would say of kind of resolving the dependencies. The other way is that you know you kind of then bundle things together, right? you start looking at all of the dependencies you might have and then packaging them uh, kind of into like, you know, releases or milestones for a large set of uh, initiatives. And yeah, you create kind of like a bigger project out of it, but you get that scope of everybody kind of, you know, bringing their dependencies into one thing together and isolating it, right? Like a lot of companies will work on Uh, multiple initiatives at once. And what will happen is they'll go to designers and say like, Hey, you know, in the design team, like, I want to add this module into the page and another team's coming and say, I want to add this module to the page. And now you have a question of like, do I have, you know, three modules or do I have uh, I merge them together. Right. And if you don't have some, let's say fixed release point in the future to actually bring all that stuff in together and make a more holistic experience. You're going to end up with the dreaded three modules, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Instead of a really like clean sure. customer experience, and so it does take a lot of work to you know align all of those you know different incoming um, you know uh, scope changes. But that's the type of things we need to do to to really ship a great experience. I'm
0: curious now who who is kind of in the lead of of making this because since a bit of. Planning a bit of product, a bit of experience design. So, who, who takes the lead? Uh, the yeah, it depends. But I think
1: um, so. In the past, we um, worked on a very like complex project with a lot of different teams, and you know, it had a it had several initiatives all wrapped <laughs> into one. And um, you know, at one point, we basically brought all of the product teams together, and we said, "Everybody, put all your scope in one place." Right. <laughs> Uh, Get all of your stories Mm -hmm. here and do the kind of work like separately, not at a high fidelity level, but, you know, we could map out at the whole customer experience about all the different things that would, that are proposed to be changed. Right. And uh, that was actually a coming together, let's say of product and product design at that point. And then from there, once we had that big kind of, uh, let's say, full range of scope, actually product design took the lead, they actually, you know, there was actually a moment uh, pre uh, COVID where everybody <laughs> just kind of they put up huge printouts of the whole, like, you know, mobile experience on a wall, and then all of the different, like proposals that needed <laughs> to be merged in and just kind of like, barked all of the things or how to merge them together and then pulled them together. And, you know, I think that, um, that is one of the few ways to, to really bring these like big holistic experiences together and ship Mm. them. Right. Like, and, and it's somewhat counterintuitive to, I think some of the dominant like paradigms in organizing product teams where people think a lot about like, how do I create these autonomous, like, you know, uh, teams that just kind of go off and they're shipping a bunch of features and they move super fast. And uh, you can do that, but you're going to kind of end up sometimes with yeah, three modules on the page that do the same mm-hmm. thing. Right. And so uh, you do have those like sinking points that you need to kind of introduce where you're centralizing changes. If you really want to create like a unified experience. And I think, you know, We'd all agree that we'd rather have that <laughs> versus an experiment that feels like fragmented or you know uh, redundant. Yeah, least. I'm guessing that
0: on the other hand, you you are let's say sacrificing agility uh, on pursuing this uh, more holistic experience, which I mean, yeah. I'm guessing that this also depends on the on the company size as we uh, discussed earlier. Sure. It, yeah. It's,
1: there's this, there's a certain scale of changes that um, you know that makes sense to do it at. But I also think there is this idea of, like, slowing down to speed mm-hmm. up, yeah. right? So, and, and I think when you have a lot of uh, initiatives that are, you're trying to play out, then it makes sense at a point to just slow <laughs> down, bring it all together, and, you know, that's going to save you so much more time as opposed to everybody having their own fragmented conversations trying to resolve their changes, and then later on, you know, people find out that they've been doing (laughs) the same work as some other team for, you know, four or five months, right? So it's this idea of slowing down, bringing all these things together, creating a unified customer experience that I think helps you, you know, ship these larger holistic changes in a, a, you know, scaled environment.
0: Makes sense. Super interesting. I think that I would like to uh, start closing by, by asking you to uh, I won't say compare, but yeah, maybe it is compare, how these processes or these um, establishing levels that we have been discussing compare to your previous experience at SoundCloud.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're like, to be afraid, they're kind of night and day. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, that's also, that's also uh, I'm not saying that's like good or bad, right? There's It's just that has to be right for the size of the company, the type of market position, the maturity of, you know, uh, the company as well, right? And so it's very hard to compare a company that, you know, has had multiple rounds of funding and is about 400 employees and a company that has, (laughs) you know, 15,000 employees is publicly traded and, you know, one of, let's say the fastest growing companies (laughs) that Germany has ever seen. So I think that you know, that that strategy and the the scope of the strategy matches the scale of the company. Um now the thing is is that that process, like let's say it's SoundCloud, it can happen so much faster, right? It's a lot of just uh it can be very informal in the beginning. There's not like, you know, so much documentation because, you know, your strategy team is almost like a two pizza <laughs> size team. It's just like we're gonna to get together, we're gonna to hash it out, maybe we do an offsite, <laughs> we can move through this really quick. Um, we can put our assumptions there. But I would say that comes at the cost of also, it can be easy to undo the strategy later on, right? Um, and that can be totally necessary. But it, I would say in the a smaller company or a scale up, it's harder to have your strategy really stick mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. long time, right? Because, um, if you don't have like a very, very, you know, uh, let's say, uh, a lot of runway to execute long range ideas, <laughs> you're going to be much more focused on trying to generate that runway than you are trying to, you know, um, uh, get to the, you know, deliver something that has value in like two years which is, that's like the problem, right? That is the, how do you get out of that loop in a company and kind of like escape that, um, you know, iterating on short-term value versus, you know, being very clearly taking bigger risks, saying exactly what you're not going to do (laughs) to get to the long-term value. And I think that just takes, um, you know, a lot of commitment and discipline and leadership um, to really you know, hold on to the strategy and be sure that that's the mm-hmm. right one, you know, <laughs> and this is why not every company can do it. Um, but the companies who have the right strategy and are able to hold it um, and deliver against it are the ones who become successful and get big enough where they develop strategies that they then hold for for many, ah,
0: many years. Perfect. Um, and maybe taking this into a more Practical step to—I mean—I'm I, sure that many listeners will not have the size of company of Salando, but there may be many people uh, already facing some of these challenges of, of growing, scaling the organization, or, or and maybe changing companies to a larger ones. What would you say? Was some um, would be some practical advice of tackling this uh, growing complexity that someone might see at some bigger company.
1: Yeah, I would say it's you know. Start early, start as early as you can, because um, the longer I think you wait to have like stronger strategic guidance for your company, uh, the more let's say weird habits or misaligned ideas kind of get like built into your company, right? And then you get into this issue of like the sunk cost fallacy of those ideas that have been hanging around for a long time and people are, like they might have a point where you say that's not strategic it's not aligned with the strategy anymore but you've already invested a bunch mm-hmm. of time into developing it sizing it etc that it's really hard to let go of right and so the earlier that you can even just introduce like a strong strategy document right some strong mm-hmm. guidance that you then iterate on uh, the better and so i think that you know it might seem like if you're in the kind of like hamster wheel of, you know, uh, really grinding away on your, your startup and it's getting bigger and you feel like you're having market fit, like you're still continuing to push against, you know, that thing that you found and try and grow that as much as possible. But I think you just, you know, that leadership team, even if it's a very small one needs to break away from that grind for a bit, you know, clear their heads, create some, you know, very great like guiding docs Um, and they don't have to be long and involved, but they just have to be like written down and agreed (laughs) on. Um, And I think it just like helps immensely. So, yeah, my advice is like it's never too late if you don't have it, (laughs) right? You just need to jump in and create some space to do it. Okay, great,
0: great. And maybe one question I always like to ask at the end is, What I'm not asking actually, what was your, your, or any important learning that you had even in this last few years about strategy that you would like to share, if any, this is an optional question.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think that it's just clear. It's not one thing. It's just not, uh, you know, there's not a one size fits all. It's not like, you know, someone asks what is product strategy and anyone's going to have a great answer. (laughs) Right. They can just say, oh, it's this uh, canvas <laughs> that you put like six squares on and you answer some questions. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot of involvement from people that, you know, are passionate about the business, about, you know, the customer experiences they're trying to deliver. And it takes a lot of like tenacity to just also step up and write it down in a very clear way that, you um, you know, resonates with the business, uh, resonates with people who are, uh, you know, going to be, let's say the consumers of that strategy and have to make decisions based on it. And it's something you just have to kind of like practice and develop uh, over time in your company. Right. And um, I think sometimes also the involvement in the strategy uh, from various groups is as important as that end yeah. document, yeah. right? This product strategy and, versus uh,
0: more interdisciplinary strategy. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, and I think for some, some you know, uh, PMs, they're like, I'm going to go off and I'm going to write a product <laughs> strategy. And that's about the worst thing you can do, right? It's like, go somewhere, pull up in a room and come back and say, like, I got it, everybody, you know, this is what we're going to do. It, it's a team sport, you know, you have to do this together. Um, you have to get challenged on it a lot. Um, and you have to kind of like, you know, just harden it over time. Um, and, you know, that's part of the process. And so I think that um, it's interesting that, you know, we respect the process of a lot of other things uh, that we know, I think, and are more familiar to us, like product discovery mm-hmm. and, you know, working with the teams in an agile way and stuff. And this is a kind of another type, I think, of process that organizations need to practice and uh, probably even carve out far more time than they're doing, uh, you know, now in order to,
0: to do it really well. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, that has been awesome. I would like to close with a few more relaxed questions, I would say. I call it rapid fire, because, you know, <laughs> short answer questions. Um, so yeah. if you are up to, what's one unusual book recommendation you will do for product managers?
1: Unusual book recommendation for product managers. You know, I, I liked, um, I think it's Gun, Germs and Steel by Jared Diamond. It's, a, it's a, like a history of civilization, Please? but I think product managers could relate because it kind of speaks about the development of civilization in like a cohort view, <laughs> right? So if you're like used to looking at cohort charts, you can imagine how civilization developed, you know, cohorts essentially where some cohorts, you know, had uh, guns and steel before other cohorts <laughs> and what that meant for, for the, you know, the advantages that they had, uh, or let's say the yeah, I will not say maturation of their societies, but the dominance of their like you know societies over no. others, right? They're, a lot of that book is just they got there first, or <laughs> uh, you know because of some other uh, you know geographical developments or advantages they had, and so I think for product managers that's like a really interesting <laughs> thing to to think about, and uh, you know if. It, I I love looking at like (laughs) charts and stuff. So thinking about civilization is interesting.
0: Okay, so um, how do you like to how do you try to keep up to date with, let's say, product practices or strategy even?
1: Yeah, I used to I used to try really hard, like to read all the all the like Mm. articles on medium (laughs) and, you know, follow the LinkedIn posts and stuff. But I, um, I actually Uh, stopped that a while ago and i just have a couple you know i think sources um that usually aren't actually like you know the the big voices in in product management um you know i like benedict evans uh Mm -hmm. newsletter uh, that he publishes um of course i like ken Mm -hmm. (laughs) norton's newsletter um you know and then i try to read books right as much as possible um you know i think there are books like that everyone should read. That might not be direct directly related to uh, product management, but you know, sitting down and just reading a full book, I find to be just a much more effective use mm-hmm. of time than reading like <laughs> five or six yeah. different articles. And I'd also say that some of the articles I like the most are uh, ones that come out of like the Harvard mm-hmm. Business Review. Um, and you know they kind of compile a bunch of like leading articles together. So if you're going to spend your time, like I think you know diving into articles, I find some of those to be uh, a bit better, uh, <laughs> you know, use of time rather than yeah. trying to keep <laughs> up with all the feeds and the, the constant influx of uh, information that's out there.
0: Good, good. And the last one, then, what is your favorite uh, product interview question?
1: Product interview question. That's a great one. I mean, I I think I have two that I like. One of them is I ask people about like the pinnacle uh, project in their product (laughs) management career. And it's a bit of a classic question. But I think that um, I love to just like dive into that with people and maybe even spend like half (laughs) of the interview on it. Um, And I think that, you know, if you really go deep with people on that question, it reveals a lot more than some of the other like questions that are you know like you know how would you design an elevator or something like that. So I I, I find that like you know just going into their background on the project that they might be the most proud of um, really helps me understand how they approach like you know and the view also their own career a bit. Um, and then I have one other question that I tried to ask, which is like. How do you learn, and how do you kind of understand what you're not, uh, you know, knowledgeable mm-hmm. about? Um, and I find that that question helps me really get to things like, you know, self awareness and how people have like a growth mindset or understand and, and just how mm-hmm. curious <laughs> are they, right, about different areas that um, they think they, you know, need to learn about but just haven't been able to yet. So. I find that those two questions I really enjoy <laughs> asking, uh, aside from some other, you know, maybe more uh, capability or like hard scope questions.
0: That's awesome. Well, that's it actually. <laughs> so thank you so much, Dara. It Has been a super great conversation. Really appreciate you sharing all that knowledge. Anything else you want to communicate or you know point people to?
1: No, I'd say thank you so much for having me, and also you know I hope that this. Uh, helps other people kind of understand, uh, you know, the strategy process and kind of some of the the realities of it as well. And uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, this will be a great resource
0: for everyone in the product community. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh